you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman all right everybody it is great to be back with you i hope you are having a safe and peaceful holiday season it has been a really strange one for us over here i am dealing with Dealing month four, ever since that summer Airbnb on the bad couch with my herniated disc issue. I may finally succumb even after all of your delightful advice and all of your wonderful emails encouraging me. I may finally succumb to the surgery. I've got it all scheduled for December 22nd. But in the meanwhile, I'm hoping for my Christmas miracle because that is really not the path I want to go down. Anyway, I digress. Uh, So on top of everything that everyone is dealing with, with COVID-19, then we all have our personal life issues, right? And then we have work, and then we have family. And I know my Thanksgiving was very different without family this year. It was a little bit sad and also sort of nicely casual. I have a very small family because my husband and I are both only children, And so we really usually only add one or two additional people to the mix when we have holiday get-togethers. Well, of course, this year we didn't add anyone to the mix. And so we didn't really have that many traditions we had to uphold. I normally get turkey and noodles and cranberry sauce and all the fix-ins and stuffing. My husband has his requirements. He needs his frozen corn. It's got to be on the table as well as ham steak and other things. And this year we threw all that out the window And we looked at the four of us, my husband, my two kids, and we said, what do we all like to eat? And the first answer is pizza. But come on, we didn't go that casual. The second answer is that three out of the four of us like steak. And that's about as big as a pool in my family that will agree on one meal as is possible. So my husband bought these really amazing steaks from the grocery store and we seasoned them and I made Brussels sprouts and we had baked potatoes and it took me about 15 minutes to prep everything and then I had a glass of wine and kicked back with my bad back and we had the most delicious meal. We got so obsessed with this meal, in fact, that we have decided that every Saturday night we will have this meal. 
and we had it again this past Saturday night, and it did not disappoint. Uh, so, you know, while I think traditions kind of anchor us, not only to the past, but also to our present company, you know, they really bring out the best in our family to eat what you've always eaten and to do things the way you've always done them. It can feel so ritualistic during a time that's just full of upheaval, but it can also be nice to just lean in to what's happening and say, how many of us really want to eat that stuff? Do I really want to slave over a hot stove when I can hardly stand up with my back? No, no. So I hope you all gave yourself some grace this holiday season and are taking it easy as well. I have a mailbag that has been accumulating and I can't wait to dig in. My first question comes from Jennifer and she writes, Betsy, we have this empty stairwell which is freshly painted in a light cool gray. We don't really need more light on it, but I was thinking we could make this hallway interesting by adding a chandelier in the space. Is this a good idea or not? We used to have a hand-carved panel on the wall that you face as you head down the stairs, but it was always sort of dark, so no one ever noticed it. The other idea I have is a vertical painting with a spotlight on it. Do you have any better ideas? Thanks, Jenny. So Jenny, this stairway is narrow. It leads straight down to what appears to be a really colorful bird painting that has teal and sort of a golden sunset with a black frame and then a checkerboard blue and cream floor. Whereas the stairway leading down is just kind of a mid-tone wood color. And then you do have, as you look up, this big stretch of wall. In fact, a lot of people have that as they head down the stairs, as they look in front of themselves into a little bit above, they see just a big, tall wall. What do we do with that wall? It can look very strange to put a piece of artwork on that wall because it's always going to be higher than eye level or you're going to be far away when you're at its level. You'd be at the top stair and then your eye meets the painting at the appropriate height, but I can't see any details because I'm eight to 10 feet away. Uh, as you get closer, of course, you can see the picture a little bit better, but you have to crane your neck and look up, which is awkward. I do think that a nice pendant light or small chandelier would be a really beautiful sculptural addition to this hallway because visually you do have a lot going on down the bottom of the stairs, right? With the checkerboard floor, the dramatic piece of artwork. The other thing that I would consider is a runner rug that goes down the stairs. I know that's a little bit of an investment, but it helps people to not slip when they have socks on. And also it adds some visual interest, another texture, an opportunity for pattern to camouflage stains that can really add to the luxe feeling of the space while also being practical. Another thing that people ask me about all the time when we have narrow stairways is can I put artwork going up or down the stairs? Would that be appropriate? And my answer is always to do the chicken test, right? So you put your thumbs under your armpits and you flap your elbows up and down like a chicken. And if your elbows touch either wall, you do not have room to add artwork in that hallway, in that stairway. And the reason is because that kind of shows you how much space you're going to need to say, carry a laundry basket up the stairs, carry your baby up the stairs. 
move up and down with boxes and bags, move through the hallway with your groceries. You do not want to always be bumping that artwork as you make your way through the space. It will feel tight and claustrophobic. So I'm glad you didn't ask me about that because based on this picture, it does look a little bit tight. And I really think a chandelier or interesting pendant coming down from the ceiling is the best way to go and will also serve as kind of a sculpture because we've already gotten the painting, that 2D art taken care of. Let's incorporate some 3D art with a really dramatic light fixture. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Let's move on to my next question, which comes from... Well, she just calls herself C, so we'll just go with C. C writes, hello, Betsy. I absolutely adore your podcast. I am listening from the beginning, and I'm in the early 60s of your episodes. I have a question for you. I've always wanted a red oriental type rug, the kind you would put under your wood tone piano, and you'd have bookshelves and plants around to create a beautiful, warm, relaxing space for making music and reading and talking with friends. But I have preschool age kids. I have been seriously considering buying a ruggable rug because they are machine washable. Have you had any experience with this brand? If so, what do you think? If not, do you have a fabric and or a brand recommendation for me? The specific area I want the rug in is moderate traffic. It is in our former dining room that I am turning into a music room slash office. It has two windows on the adjacent walls facing south and east, so it gets lots of morning and daytime sun. I'll have my spinet piano on one wall opposite the window, and my dad is building me some built-in bookcases with cabinets on the bottom for that wall opposite the piano. There will be a bench under the window, and I have mid-tone hardwood floors. I don't know if any of that's relevant, but thank you so much, C. All right, C. In the early days of Ruggable, which wasn't so long ago, just a few years ago, they did not have good reviews. Uh, a lot of people said that after repeated washings, the pattern became faded on the rug. Uh, and so for that reason, I didn't feel comfortable recommending this type of rug to my clients until I knew a little bit more. 
Additionally, putting a rug in a washing machine seems totally fine and doable until you actually think about picking that rug up. My rug is anchored under my sectional. To move my rug, I would not only have to move my sectional, I'd have to move the coffee table, the end table, the armchairs, which are all partially anchored on this rug. It would be a huge production. Um, finally, I was reading a lot of information, and still to this day, this is a critique, that Ruggable is quite thin. It's almost like putting a blanket on top of a mattress pad. Or I'm sorry, a rug pad, excuse me. Not a mattress pad. I was thinking blankets. Um, you know, there was this great blog that came out recently, and it's from Sugar Maple Farmhouse. And she was basically giving a really honest Ruggable review because Ruggable did give several influencers free Ruggables to try. And then, of course, they write great things. And, of course, they can skew their reviews on their website, etc. But I really liked this blog post because she was not paid in any way for the information. She bought the Ruggable at full price. So I felt like I could really trust what she was telling me. She did still say that it's very thin and it doesn't have that plush experience, even though they're coming out with some that have more plush textures. She also brought up the fact that the edges around the rug tend to fray after repeated washings. If I have a client who has naughty kids, naughty pets, is prone to spilling, uh, this is the situation in some of my rooms in my home, especially now that I just got a brand new kitten and she's out of control. Um, I would use floor tiles because I can pick out one specific tile rather than pulling up the whole rug, which truly becomes a production. Like how often am I going to pull up this ruggable rug and really put it in the washing machine? And how much is that going to like be difficult for my life and my mental health? Um, so it's great. In fact, I just did it this weekend to have that floor tile rug with the carpet squares that stick to each other, not your floor. Just pop one out when the worst should happen. The hairball, the urine stain, the bottle of um, blah, 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 the bottle of body wash, which is what happened in my kids' playroom. My daughter was making like an LOL paradise, and she filled one of the LOL. I think it was the super super something super deluxe van airstream situation she filled its hot tub up with bubble bath and it inevitably spilled all over the floor tiles and of course the more you scrub the more the bubbles just accumulate so i just popped that tile out and replaced it with a new one long story short would i buy ruggable for myself not yet it's not awesome enough yet would i recommend ruggable for a client Yes, but with the caveat that it does have drawbacks. And also they're pretty pricey still, which is discouraging to me because, you know, this is sort of a lower end idea and the reviews have been questionable. So I don't want my clients investing in something that, you know, may or may not be worth the money. Those are my hesitations, see. So, you know, if you choose to buy a Ruggable, I would love to hear about your experience because I do find sometimes it can be hard to trust what you read online. There we go. Uh, let's move to my next question, which comes from Pia. 
Pia writes, Hi Betsy, I am writing to you from Sweden. Perhaps you know that strange country in the northern part of Europe that still does its own version of social distancing in this pandemic. Anyway, I love your questions and answers on the podcast, so thank you for doing this during these trying times. I have a really strange question, and it's hard to find an answer anywhere, so I'm hoping that you'll find time to answer this one, even though it may not be a problem that too many people face. My eight-year-old son is headstrong. He has really strong views on colors and design. He does a lot of art, he loves Minecraft and Minions, and he hates his walls in his tiny room. He and his brother have another room for toys, crafts, and games. I would really love to redo whatever room we do in our house so that when the need arises, it's not like I suffer. Oh, and yes, he has an accident wall that I have painted. It's the only one in our whole house, so the room is definitely due for an update. And by accident wall, Pia, I imagine you mean accent wall, and I'm really excited that you're going to be painting over that. You go on. Here we go. Let's go back to your letter. So whatever he wants, I'm basically okay with it. And he wants yellow walls. Did you see that one coming? Pinterest and Google don't have many yellow room inspiration pictures. Now to my question. What can I do? I'm thinking warm gold, lion yellow is the way to go. What color should I complement it with to make this room not so vanilla, to cool it down? Is that even possible? Blue is not an option. I am not doing a Swedish flag room. That would be totally the wrong vibe. Green feels a bit too much of a jungle, and that is not right for my little boy artist vibe. And gray, black are my only options to complement the yellow and warm tones. Is that right? Should I build an upholstered headboard to make the bed a bit softer? Do you see any other option to store books and papers and comics? Any other ideas for this tiny room? Plus, he really wants a Minecraft poster on his wall. There is some yellow at the bottom, which is a similar color as to what I'm thinking to paint in his room. But let me just explain the Minecraft poster to everyone listening. It basically is kind of a gradation of lots of rainbow colors from deep saturated purple to navy to like a sky blue, then a bit of a grass green going down to red, and then this super goldenrod yellow. Um, just to kind of set the scene. Your ending to your letter goes something like this. Betsy, should I just disappoint him and force him to choose another color? This is becoming too hard. I need your help, please. Then you have an amazing PS, which I will read to everyone after I solve this initial dilemma. All right, Pia. You know what I think is so exciting? I think it is so exciting that your son is really into design. I love that he has strong opinions. I love that he has a vision already for his space. These are traits that I would want you to foster as you are living with him, as you are helping him to discover who he wants to be as he grows up. My son couldn't care less. Like, the only time my son ever said anything about his decor was when we put up Star Wars decals because he loves Star Wars. And then, well, and also his dad loves Star Wars. Let me just put that in there. So then he tells me one night at Tuck and he says, Mommy, I want this to be a secret, but these decals are scaring me. Don't tell Daddy. Because he knew his dad would be so disappointed that the Star Wars decals were coming down. 
But his dad took it very well when we approached it diplomatically. We took down the Star Wars decals and now there's Pokemon. But I really want my children to be driving the decisions for their own room to a certain extent. When it becomes really expensive or when they're constantly changing their mind, that's when I draw the line. But that is also why I like decals. Once you guys can compromise or come up with that foundational wall color, whether it's yellow or something different, then you can add those decals that really steal the focus and make the room more lively and exciting. The one problem I have with yellow in a child's bedroom is that yellow is a color of energy, mental and physical enlightenment. And so he might find himself having trouble going to sleep. In my home, my son's room is like a powder blue. My daughter's room is like a robin's egg teal. And I've saved the yellow for the playroom because that's a place where I want them to get their energy out, to be quite stimulated, to have fun, things like that. If you're going to go with yellow, make sure that he doesn't have a sleeping issue. But also, you want to go with like a very muted yellow. So don't take your cues from that really loud Minecraft poster. Instead, I would be looking at, you know, a mild wheat color, something very toned down. So that way, um, it's a room that you could then use in the future in a different way. My dining room is also yellow, um, but it also looks slightly more sophisticated because when I'm painting a room, I like to think of this room having longevity for the child. You know, you don't want to paint again for another five years, ideally, and he's eight right now. So what would be a good compromise color? Like maybe, maybe we do like a heather gray, and then we give him a really decadent yellow duvet. Maybe we give him those light gray walls and do like a yellow type carpet or rug, right? There are other ways to incorporate the yellow without it being the wall paint if you are worried about sleep issues. If you're not worried about sleep issues, go ahead and use a muted tone. I think that is a perfect compromise. I also think green would be really fun to play with and it's not in the Swedish flag. You could do something like a really mellow sage or one of my favorites, even though you probably don't have Benjamin Moore in Sweden, is Benjamin Moore's gray cashmere because in some lights it looks gray, in some lights it looks green. It's sophisticated all the time, which means it will have longevity for him and he probably won't want you to paint until he moves out, which is ideal, right Pia? Um, and then I would take the cues for the other colors from his artwork. I love the combination of blue and yellow, but yes, you know, it's just the same reason that I don't often use red and blue in the United States. We don't want it to look like the flag, but that's also the reason why we have 60, 30, 10 for our accent colors from the inspiration piece. So you could make the 30% a blue, the 60% the yellow that's incorporated with the wall color, and then give it 10% pops of this pea shoot green or of this really deep purple, right? And that would immediately stop the connotation of the two tones, blue and yellow. 
Anyway, I really love to have my children involved in the process, right? And then you just want to do that final check that says, is the wall color going to give longevity by being sophisticated? And then can we overlay things that are fun and represent who he is now? I understand the space is limited. It's so funny because I live in a very, well, an older home. Very old is a relative term, especially when you're talking about things in Europe, which are infinitely older. But um, I live in an older home, and so my children's rooms are quite small, which is why we also have all the toys in another space. In terms of maximizing, you know, you may want to crawl the walls up a little bit and utilize a bookcase. It's tight in here, right? It looks very tight, maybe even tighter than my own situation. And it looks like you've done a nice job maximizing. You know, you don't want it to get to a point where it's uncomfortable. In the future, you may want to consider a loft bed for him. That way he could have drawers underneath if you find that he needs like clothing storage needs. They even make loft beds that aren't so high, almost like an extra high captain's bed. Right now you have a low style captain's bed with three drawers underneath. But I do find when it gets a little bit higher, they have amazing options for ones that have pull-out desks, for ones that have a whole chest of drawers. So do some searching around. But also I love that you have that spare room to play with. Now Pia, let's get to your PS. You write, Betsy, just a small comment on something that you mentioned in one of the episodes. You said, if you have a woodworking husband, it made me annoyed. Women can also do woodwork. It's not exclusive for men. I do woodwork all the time. My husband, not so much. And why should husbands be forced to do the woodwork that the wife wants? And what if she had a wife and not a husband? I have built the headboard in my boy's room. I built the desk. I put the Ikea bed together. And I don't live in 1952, even though I do love the mid-century style. Sorry for the rant, but those offhand stereotypical comments really annoy me. Pia, I could not agree with you more. Offhand stereotypical comments annoy me. You know, guys, I look over your letters. I prepare somewhat in advance, right? I have my ideas of what I'm going to talk about. I have my points right down on paper, but oftentimes I'm just speaking off the cuff and I don't even remember what I said 10 minutes later. Well, I certainly don't remember saying this, Pia, because I cannot agree with you enough. You know, around my house, I'm the one who changes the light bulbs. I'm the one that assembles the tables. I'm the one who does that stuff with my hands. And my husband, yeah, not so much. So I completely get it. And I am sorry that I said that because I really feel like gender stereotypes are a huge problem. Luckily, I feel in this day and age, we're moving away from that and we've got much broader thinking. And, you know, I'm really excited about that. Um, and of course, I love that people could have partners of the same sex. You do not need a man to do woodworking. So I'm not sure where that comment of mine came out of, but I do want to apologize for it because it certainly does not reflect how I feel or how I live. I love woodworking. If I had a jigsaw in my home, oh my gosh, life, life would be different. In fact, maybe you just gave me a Christmas idea, Pia. Well, thank you so much for your SmackDown. Guys, if you have questions for me, if you've heard me say something on an episode and you're like, wait, Betsy, I have a different point of view. 
let me know. Send that in. You can write to me at info at affordableinteriordesign.com. It's been great talking to you once again, and I'll see you back here next week. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, You're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.